is Tansley Stearns? Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Jody Shannels, president of Meeting Maker. She's a self-described force to be reckoned with who developed a new tool for verifying meeting attendance, leveraging geolocation. Her uniquely designed solution brings together the experience of several years of recovery, along with IT, mobile app design, and tracking. This is Jody's story. Who is Jody Shannels? Hmm, well, I'm glad you asked that question. I was thinking about that a bit. Um, my first thought was, you know, a force to be reckoned with, which yes. is, you know, true. You know, I'm. I'm a, uh, I wouldn't call myself high maintenance, but I definitely am big. And uh, I always have been. And uh, a lot of times I felt like I was too much. And I love this one meme that says, oh, you think I'm too much? Maybe look for someone less, you know? And, um, <laughs> and uh, I like to embrace that, really. <laughs> you know, there's a place for... There's a place for us big people in the world, I guess. I guess. Um, I'm a wayward soul on purpose. Mm. You know, I I like to be open-minded and move where life directs me. Uh, I'm definitely my own person, and I listen to the beat of my own drum, and that's uh, that's led me well in my life. I had someone I was talking with about uh, being received in a way that didn't feel great. And the the conversation we had was about, well, this person asked me, you know, what's your favorite drink? And I said, Pinot Noir. And the person said, well, so you're a Pinot Noir, right? You're not a Miller Lite, not, you know, and Miller Lite's for a lot of people, but <laughs> for those who love Pinot Noir, <laughs> and I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. When you are who you are, it might not be for everyone, and that's okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, I've, and I've also learned that no matter who we are, someone can relate. And I just have to trust that instead of trying to be what I think everyone wants me to be, which is a pin the tail on the donkey that never works. You right, know? yeah, so. without question. Finish this sentence for me. The world will be a better place when? Uh the advertising industry collapses. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, what we're fed about who we are is so much different than who we are. And I think that it's very uh, debilitating, both mm-hmm. for ourselves personally and for our society. So, um, and it's all about, it's all about what drives it, that, uh, profitability, I guess. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this and, uh, AI, for example, is a hot topic, 
but it has, it's not a new topic. Right. But now that it's the toothpaste is out of the tube and it's everywhere, um, we're talking about, oh gosh, should we rein it in? But there's no, there's no uh, appetite for reining that in. Yeah. It's out. It's right. done. And the only thing that's going to matter is, does it make money? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the only value that we should put on what we do and why we do it. And so, uh, you know, this, this whole system of devaluing ourselves to, are we profitable? Are we, are, are we a good commodity? And that might be going all over the board, but I think that, you know, when we start looking at each other and ourselves as human beings that need each other and, uh, I think that the world would be a better place. Yeah. When you're at your happiest, most joyful times you're listening to? <laughs> uh, Beck. Oh, all right. Yes. Yeah. I have some old tastes. Uh, in excess, if I really want to go back, that is so affirming. And uh, Radiohead, just because they're brilliant and cake. Mm-hmm. Just fun. Just fun That's music. Nice. Do you have an album that you'll listen to from first song to last? Yeah, here's an album. It used to be a constant on the Rolling Stones top 10. And it's uh, Joni Mitchell, Blue. Mm, That is such a great album. Oh, (laughs) It's, It's amazing. She's amazing. And, you know, hippies are great. That's my era. Jody helps us see how cat memes can create joy and laughter while also helping us see something within ourselves that's worth being warm and fuzzy about. When was the last time you laughed out loud recently? Oh, gosh. Um, I love a cat meme. Okay. Oh, yes. And, um, <laughs> so I don't know why this made me laugh for, you know, every time I looked at it. But it's this little meme with cats in a in a card store, you know, it's the, and there's a cat at the counter with the card saying, you are acceptable. That's so great. <laughs> I can relate to cats. That way. <laughs> Tell me about the last time you danced so hard, your feet were sore. Uh, girl, never. I'm a brain with fingers. But, um, <laughs> I'm a musician. I play piano. Everything I've ever done that I liked, I sit down and do. I type 100 words a minute. I'm I'm in development. Yeah. And so, and so really, you know, but it sounds fun. Yeah. It sounds fun. I want to now that you ask. Right. (laughs) When you feel down, you heal by. Um, talking, Mm. gotta talk, gotta reach out. Not that I want to, when I feel that way, but I have Mm -hmm. to walking and reflecting, I suppose I have a way of life that helps me look at myself and, um, and determine where my pain's coming from. Usually it's resentment or fear. And I have a I have some tools in the box to, to take care of those, those things. So. Who's someone you look up to? Well, there was a spiritual mentor 
back in the nineties who really turned my life around. It was, there was a big change in my life that needed to happen if I was gonna stay around, honestly. And, uh, he was so humble and so universally loving. Like if he didn't like someone, I never knew it. Yeah. You know, just really that kind of, you know, being a transmitter of some greater love. There's another person I also want to mention too. And uh, she's our, she's our state representative up oh, here okay. in Kansas City, yeah. uh, who is uh, Betsy Kofia. Yeah. And um, I admire her because of her moral compass. It is so clear and she acts on it fearlessly. Mm. I've seen her do this over the years and it's just has brought so much good to so many people. So I admire her a lot. What's a mantra you live by? To thine own self be true. <laughs> I mean, that it has to, and, and not the selfish I want, I want, I want, but that inner voice, right? To thine own self be true. Kind of like what we were saying from the beginning. I have to be who I am. It's the, it's the basis of my health, my, my direction, everything. Yeah. So. Tell us about your impossible. Okay. Uh, meeting maker. Well, I've had this idea for a long time and I've had the idea to be an entrepreneur for a long time. And I've worked at a lot of startups and stuff and, uh, and I've worked in app development as a designer product manager, um, implementer. I've, I've kind of done it all. And so uh, I'm also in the recovery world and people who uh, get in trouble with the law for drug or alcohol related offenses end up having to prove that they attend 12-step uh, and other meetings for their probation or for the judge or whatever. And it's this really uh, stigmatizing, humbling, uh, well, humiliating more than humbling, a privacy violating process where somebody walks into a strange room that's already hard to walk into, mm -hmm. has to hand a piece of paper to somebody and say, will you sign this for me? And uh, I just wanted to get rid of that. Um, also, people on probation, uh, have so many requirements that they have to fulfill that they always are feel like they're forgetting something mm. very hard to keep all those ducks in a row while you're living a life, while you're trying to recover, while you're trying to get your life back in, in, uh, in order. So, uh, I developed this app to help them keep track of their recovery and to give, uh, providers or, or, or those government entities, the information that they need, that's a lot more reliable than that paper. Love it. Very cool. What are some of the challenges that you face that looked insurmountable? Well, I don't know how to code. <laughs> <laughs> that was first, but you know, um, when I <laughs> And I thought, okay, I'm going to learn how to code. And actually, I did a little bit. I I did the front end. I did the um, quote easy part. And uh, but I've worked with developers. And um, can I say, COVID was 
worked out for us. Yeah. Uh, it, it really did in the way that um, it just so happened that a developer friend of mine uh, who I worked with at another company, uh, the company he was working for uh, folded right when COVID started. Wow. And so I was all ready to, okay, I'm just going to do this myself. And he came and said, hey, I'll do this for you. And because of COVID, we had time and space to really make it right. Jody talks about a moment when she could have given up. Empathy, combined with the keen understanding of the necessity of her offering, made all the difference to sticking with her dream and watching the results flourish. Was there a point during your journey that you felt like giving up? Um, actually, recently. Because, you know, the development... And the design and, you know, what it's going to do. Nothing's more happy path than when you think about how great it's going to be, right? But it's putting that idea into practice, looking at what really happens, looking how, experiencing how others receive it Mm -hmm. and, you know, adjusting to that. That's the hard part. And like I said, I've worked for a lot of startups and I was in positions of, you know, a lot of authority and responsibility in those startups. And I guess I just never really knew how tenuous uh, their success was at the time. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was just doing a job. And I, and I think that's the difference between doing a job and owning a company and owning the result. So it's, it's challenging. Uh, but every day I learn something new and every day, you know, I get a new muscle. Yeah. So would you share a story about a time where something went bananas that you can look back on now and laugh? Um, I'm laughing on the inside. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I was about to go to the um, the Mac Daddy of all conferences that I would want to go to, which is National Association of Drug Court Professionals. These are my people. Okay, yeah. And I was going for the first year in 2021, and our product was way beta, although I, I wanted it to be ready. So I thought, oh, we'll get it ready by, you know, July X and um, – Right before I left, there was this major bug and my developer said he couldn't really fix it and necessarily that he'd have to rip everything out and redo it or whatever. Anyway, I was just, I was just imagining I'm going to go and I'm going to demo it and nobody will, uh, and and it's just going to fail in Mm. front of their eyes. And it turned out that nobody really wanted to demo it with me. Everything that I thought that was going to happen that way. Uh, yeah. In that way. Yeah. We, um, I had a lot of great conversations. No one really asked me to look at the app or, you know, a couple people and what I could demo, demo, I, I could, and nobody was drilling me for the questions. I don't know. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Way different expectations than what actually occurred which is a good lesson right? that I could learn today again. Yes. 
achieving your impossible is one thing, but there are no fairy tales with happy endings. We reach milestones. We keep going. What challenges is your impossible still facing? Well, I think the the usual, someone told me that where I'm at with my product right now is Death Valley. Oh. And that is, it's the, it's the company development Death Valley where I have some clients, I have some traction, I don't have a lot of money, uh-huh. I don't have a lot of runway. And so everything really depends on each other right now in a very crucial way. Uh, so I guess, you know, money, market adoption and time, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not just money. It's finding the right people and the right uh, resources to maintain the code and <clears throat> and uh, get the sales out and stuff like that. So it's kind of all these little factors running together right now. What's your advice for folks to face their fear of inaction and use that fire in their belly to bring their impossible dreams to life? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I can swear and I will not. But you can. You absolutely can. I can? Of course. Okay. Yeah, let's yourself right. up. Okay. Well, a long time ago when I was a young adult, I was trying to weigh out a decision. And I was going back and forth and back and forth. And what if I do that? And what if I do that? No. And my friend just stopped me and said, Jody, go out there and fuck up. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, there's this idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, why do I want that perfection? It really is. So you will look at me and say, oh, look, she made all the perfect choices and she's so successful and brainy or something. It's all about what you think. It's not about what's real. And um, so I can't wait to be perfect. I love being this flawed human being who succeeds, fails, tries, keeps going and learns. So you know, what happens if I don't do this? What happens, you know, to people who are listening who want to take action on their dreams? What happens if I don't do this? What will I think in a year? And I know what I would have thought in a year. So I just did it. What's your next impossible, my friend? Uh, I started, when I started this, I thought that whatever large amount of profits or a certain amount of profits would go to a nonprofit I started called Girl Code. And I want to uh, provide the opportunity for women who are recovering like me. A lot of us come from, you know, because we're addicts and alcoholics that might've wasted some opportunities and we, we get into recovery and we don't have a lot of skills and we don't have a lot of experience. So I would love to teach uh, women uh, who are in that boat how to code so they can get a great job and have a great income for their families. Uh, when I worked at uh, other companies and we would hire developers, almost no women applied. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I really just don't understand why that is, but I want to change it. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com 
and subscribe to this podcast.